1: for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words.
0: Sir, I just came to get something to eat.
1: Men online looking for children to sexually assault.
0: What's the motive here? Explain it to me. I don't no, know you're, you're right. No, just, you're right. It's stupid. It's not. It's, no, it's no, an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing.
1: Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there.
0: You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble.
1: I tried to get into their heads and understand why. A pizza we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza, and ultimately make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen.
0: Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Some predators I've caught
1: are seared into my consciousness, my memory, for the obvious reasons: The rabbi, the teacher, Joe Wonderler, who wanted a girl to have sex with a dog before he had sex with her, on and on and on and on. They're dangerous, disturbing and they deserve to be exposed. But there are literally hundreds of them whom I've come across over 18 years of doing this particular type of investigation. And so some of them do fade from my consciousness, my memory, until I dig back into them, their stories, their backgrounds, their own psyche, for this podcast Such is the case With Dr. Jeffrey Beck Now if you don't remember who Dr. Jeffrey Beck is You're not alone He's not one of the most discussed predators I've caught But he is one of the most disgusting Without question And I think by the end of this episode You'll agree with me Dr. Jeffrey Beck, who went by the screen name G-B-A-B-B-N-S-P. I've tried to figure out what that means. And the only thing I can come up with was maybe the SP on the end has to do with spanking, and I'll explain all that in a little bit here. But Dr. Beck surfaced in our investigation in Herndon, Virginia, Fairfax County, Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C., in the late summer of 2005. This was our second investigation. And it was the last investigation we did before we collaborated, cooperated with law enforcement, actually during the sting. Some of the cases, the rabbi Joe Wunderler, as mentioned before, were prosecuted after the fact. The FBI was involved. Fairfax police were involved. And there were successful prosecutions. Dr. Beck was not among them. For reasons I'll explain as we continue. But that didn't make Dr. Beck any less dangerous. And he did face consequences besides being on. TV. Dr. Beck was chatting online with someone who identified themselves as a 14 year old boy named Luke. And it was in a forum that was called Dads for Sons. You can figure out what that means. And the chat starts one morning, a Sunday morning, in August of 2005. Beck says, hi. The 14-year-old boy named Luke, really a perverted justice contributor, goes by the screen name Marlboro20170. Sup, how are you today? Says the doctor, Bored. What would make you not bored, he asks. Dunno. Where are you from, D.C.? Cool. Herndon, Virginia. How old are you? Fourteen. You? Fifty. The boy says, Dan, you look that old? No. Got a pick? Why? See if you look that old. You got one, he asks. Yep. First, then. Sent. Sent back. Nice. You're hot for an old dude. You rich? Thanks, I think. No. What do you do for a coin? Medicine. Doc? Yeah, cool. You got coin, the boy says. Not much. Now, at this point in his life, Dr. Beck has been divorced. For six years or so. And he's practicing emergency medicine in Maryland for a company that owns a couple different hospitals. He's an ER doc, and his education is in pediatric medicine. That's creepy. The chat continues. And you'll see here that the good doctor is very careful about not committing to a sexual act. Now, he dances all around it, and there's no question in my mind that's where this was going. There's talk of visiting museums. There's talk of hugging. There's talk about no sex until you are old enough. But this is grooming plain and simple. The doctor says, you're only 14 and mostly interested in how rich I am. And how cool my pad might be. No, I think you're hot, says the decoy. Not bad yourself, says the doctor. I want a real boyfriend, says the boy. What are you into? And the decoy says, suck, fuck, what you say. Done it before, he asks. Yep. What else do you like? Brews, smokes, doctor says, like kissing an ashtray. If you don't like it, I won't, the boy says. And then here we go, and remember this part because it becomes very important later in the bizarre extension of what happens here. There are links all over the country. I'd paddle you for it if you were my kid or my boyfriend. LOL, the boy says. Don't think you'd be laughing. Paddle. Paddle him. Way asks. You into that kinky shit? That's about as kinky as I get, says the doctor, all good. Though for smoking, it wouldn't be kinky shit. Boy says, it's just when I... At parties, it's cool. What do you do at parties? Drink, smoke, hang, he says. Okay, what else do you like to do? Not lots to do here. Loads to do in the district, though, says the doctor. Don't drive, says the boy. So this goes back and forth, and I'm going to cut to the chase here. Now, this is particularly upsetting, because remember, Dr. Beck is, in a way, using his profession to groom the boy, talking about how unhealthy smoking is. Dr. Beck, let's see what happens. Cool, I can smoke, ha, ha, ha. Not unless you want to be spanked for real, You're no fun, says Luke. I'm a doctor. I see what cigarettes do to people every day. Not going to let it willingly happen to somebody I care a lot about. Now again, he's not met this person. Fourteen. Yet. He's just been flirting with him online. Luke says it's not like all the time. It's really bad for you and I don't like kissing ashtrays. Okay, I promise I won't, says Luke. Dr. Beck says, what do you want to do after we eat? They've talked about going out to have a meal once the doctor picks up the boy from his dad's house. Kiss, says Luke. That could be very nice, says Dr. Beck. More about this predator I've caught in a moment.
0: 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike?
1: "'Then there's talk about Luke's grades. "'How are your grades?' says the doctor. "'Good. "'It's too easy,' he says. "'Then the doc says, "'Gonna get a lot harder pretty soon. "'But they have to be good if you want to be a doctor. "'And then the boy says, "'Well, I really don't want to be a doctor. "'I want to be an actor. "'I want to be on TV,' he says. "'The doctor asks if Luke's dad knows he likes guys.' Any brothers or sisters, he wants to know. They talk about going to the theater. Going out to dinner. Then the boy says, you got class, not like all sex, and use me shit. Doctor says, I'd like very much to be your friend. I don't think I even want to have sex with you until you're old enough for us to both not get in trouble over it. Lots more to friendship than sex, for sure. I would not tell, says the boy. I've done it before. Once we know each other well, whatever happens, happens. But I won't meet you for sex. Now, this line, in this time frame, in this particular investigation, might have protected the doctor from a prosecution. Now, two things happened that kept the doctor from being prosecuted. I'll get to that after we actually meet the doctor. I'd like to take you to the Smithsonian, says the doctor, which is actually a bunch of museums. Luke says, I want to go so bad and I can use my good clothes so I don't make you look stupid. I'd wear jeans or shorts, says the doctor. You don't need to wear good clothes for that. And then the doctor wants to know how close Luke lives to the metro, the commuter train. Asks if his maid could drop him off so they could go to the Smithsonian. Then Luke explains that his father is a lobbyist in Washington. He's going to be gone meeting with senators, creating an opportunity perhaps for the doctor to pay a house call. Talk about historical fiction. History. Literature. All things that seem to be a part of the grooming process for a 51-year-old doctor talking to a 14-year-old boy. Then there's talk that seems to indicate in the chat that the doctor has a son. Says he's going to take him to the movies. The son is supposed to be 26. In reality, we believe that was a roommate who's 26 was also involved in this spanking culture that the doctor was apparently into. And he's also tied in with some other people, including a boy (laughs) this roommate met at the age of 14. The boy says to the doctor, you really, really want to be boyfriends forever? Like ever? Forever is a long time, says the doctor. I'd like us to meet. If we get along, then I'd like us to be friends forever. I got friends, says the boy. And as to sex, says the doctor, if that happens out of the rest of the relationship, okay. But it's not why I would meet you. Special friends, okay? What's that? Not just friends. I think we should probably spend some time together before we decide to be boyfriends forever. If that's not okay, I'm sorry, but I won't lie to you. And I won't lead you on. Mm. That ship's already sailed. They sign off with a kiss. The conversation will continue for another day. And then Dr. Jeffrey Beck decides to pay a visit to our sting house in Herndon, Virginia.
0: Come on in, I just spilled Diet Coke all over my shorts. Change up. I'll be right back down right.
1: The good doctor, who really kind of looks like Dr. Evil, thinking back on it, walks up the driveway in his sweatpants, T-shirt. He's bald, slender. He looks 51. And he comes in through the garage. Now, we didn't have an on-site decoy During this investigation, it was only our second, as I mentioned earlier, as you probably know. And Del Harvey from Perverted Justice is doing double duty. She's chatting online as a contributor, lead contributor with Perverted Justice. And also acting as a boy or girl, depending on the situation, greeting the predator at the door. Now, in this particular house, which we rented from a friend of mine who is a retired FBI agent, knowing full well what we're doing and believing in our cause. The perverted justice decoys are upstairs. We're downstairs. The kitchen set up. I'm in a room on the other side of the kitchen. And here comes the doctor. Closes the door, walks up the short hallway, and before I can even assess the situation, and Dell has already said I spilled Diet Coke, as you heard, and. She is going upstairs to change. Dr. Beck makes a fast move. Dell is upstairs, says they'll be right down after changing. And we set up like a child fence or a doggy fence between the entrance kitchen area and the family room where there are stairs leading up to the bedroom. And we did that to discourage the Predator from going that way. But Dr. Beck is so determined to see who he thinks is a 14-year-old boy that he starts to climb over the fence after saying, I could come up there if you want. He doesn't wait to hear an answer. He steps over. The fence. It's one of those wooden, expandable fences that if you have a dog or young children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And as he steps over, I step out of the room on the other side of the kitchen, the dining room. Now, he is literally at the first step going upstairs. So when I walk into the kitchen, I ask him to come back to me. And he's got 10, 15 steps, maybe? He's got to walk. He's gone so far so quickly. The island is set up with cookies, microphones, cameras hidden. The stool is there. And I direct Dr. Beck to come sit down. And he really does, looking back, he—he he, he, even his movements are like the character Dr. Evil in the movies. He was so anxious to have some company when he was left by himself for four days, but under the circumstances, it sounded neglectful. So you're the Good Samaritan? That's correct. Dr. Beck claims to be making this house call because he was worried about the boy who was to be left alone for four days. Now, we know that's nonsense. And when you hear the rest of the story, you'll undoubtedly agree. But he sticks to it. He's nervous. Now, he doesn't know whether I'm the dad police. I don't think he understands he's on television. Again, we've only done this once before at this point. Now, remember, also during the chat, there was talk about hugs and kisses, the doctor cuddling the boy to make him feel safe. And I asked him about this in the confrontation. Experts in this field say that kind of a discussion is consistent with somebody who's grooming a young boy for sex you see what i'm getting at mm-hmm. what's really going on here what's really going on was i came over to take him out for lunch if what you've heard shocks you so far join us back in a moment the jeep wrangler four xe
0: it's electrified boogie, woogie, woogie. so you can boogie woogie woogie up a mountain boogie. over creeks or boogie woogie woogie through a desert where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie-woogie-woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out when they say no. You boogie-woogie-woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of anti-venom and boogie-woogie-woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4xe. Learn more at jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.
1: You ask, have you ever been spanked? He says, by my dad, but not for sex. You say... Could it be fun for sex? He says, I can try. You say, want to spank a dad? That's right. Do you want to spank a dad? Now, during this time, Dr. Beck is nervously eating cookies that were on the counter. And with every additional specific question, especially when I touch on the spanking. He eats more. He chews quicker. He knows he's in trouble. Now you see how that looks. Yeah, it looks pretty bad. It looks pretty bad, he says. He understands he's in trouble. He understands how this looks, and he knows damn well what his intentions were. And I've already called him out about the grooming. This is an educated man. This is a man who went to medical school. He's a... Dio, a doctor of osteopathic medicine. At the time of this confrontation, he was working in an emergency room. His education is in pediatric medicine. Now, if you had a teenage son who was home alone, Mm -hmm. would you be comfortable with a 50-some-year-old man coming into the house for a visit? I suppose it would depend on the 50-year-old man, but in general, no. I wouldn't. In general, no... I wouldn't. Well, things are about to get even more uncomfortable for Dr. Beck. Dr. Beck leaves the house. He doesn't get arrested. As I mentioned earlier, law enforcement did not participate in the sting, only got involved after the fact. So there were two issues with Dr. Jeffrey Beck one was jurisdictional. Right. The chat on his part took place in Maryland. He traveled to Virginia. It wasn't as overt of a chat as some of the others. John Cannelli, the naked guy, the rabbi, Joseph Wunderler, or many of the others. Clearly, he was grooming. Now, today, in the current investigations, which... Are always done in conjunction with law enforcement. If Dr. Beck had showed up at a house, a sting house, after that chat, I can predict almost without fear of contradiction that he'd be criminally prosecuted successfully so. But this was 2005. Different time. Different set of circumstances. So Dr. Beck leaves. And we start asking questions. We start doing background. And we find out where he works. And soon enough, the hospital, the health system that owns the hospital, finds out that Dr. Beck has surfaced in a to catch a predator sting operation. And he's relieved of his duties. Now, this turns into a massive investigation on the part of the Maryland State Board of Physicians. And it's a thorough investigation, and not only an investigation into Dr. Beck trying to meet a 14-year-old online and in person, but also there were allegations of Dr. Beck inappropriately prescribing Xanax, the anti-anxiety drug. And there were also allegations of him mistreating and being rude to patients under his care and being dismissive and rude and sharing personal information with colleagues. Now, none of those allegations had a sexual suggestion to them, just medical guidelines. The Maryland State Board of Physicians made a number of damning findings, including the fact that the medical advice Dr. Beck gave regarding smoking was sexualized. And the board imposed sanctions because of Dr. Beck's attempted sexual predation against Luke. Dr. Beck has, in the board's opinion, and I'm reading from the order here, disqualified himself from the practice of medicine Dr. Beck's willingness to take advantage of a juvenile in this manner disqualifies him from the profession. Patients must be able to have confidence that their physicians, to whom they necessarily grant intimate access, will not abuse that access for the physician's own curient purposes. Dr. Beck undermined that confidence and his history of unprofessional conduct in general shows a disregard for professional norms and standards. The board will revoke Dr. Beck's license, and it will not entertain an application for reinstatement for 10 years, a period of time that the board determines is the minimum necessary. Dr. Beck will not be reinstated unless he has demonstrated that he has made significant changes in his character and conduct over a long period of time. So Dr. Beck, Dr. Jeffrey Beck, loses his license to practice medicine in Maryland. By the time this happens, Dr. Beck has moved to California, where at the time he had an active medical license. And because it was about to expire, he applied to renew the license to practice medicine in California. Now, somehow, Marilyn found out about this, and California found out about it as well. And California revoked the license, so he couldn't practice medicine there. We don't know exactly what his intentions were, but, you know, if you're seeking to have a license to practice medicine, one can believe that he was going to practice even though Maryland had revoked his license, even though he had surfaced in an investigation where he had groomed and arguably tried to prey upon a 14-year-old boy. Now, it's interesting because the examination by the Maryland board talks about Dr. Beck's living situation in California. And this has been confirmed elsewhere, but at the time, and it says right here in the Maryland report, that Dr. Beck was residing in California with a man named Sean Brady and a man named Cody Ballard. It says Mr. Brady was born in 1979. And that Mr. Brady and the doctor, Beck, met in an internet chat room while Beck was living in Maryland and Mr. Brady was living in California. Mr. Brady has lived with Beck for approximately four or five years, first in Maryland and now in California. And the reason they met and the purpose of at least one of these chat rooms in which they communicated was spanking. Not just spanking men of age, but spanking underage boys. And this gets even more sordid. So hang on. Cody Ballard, it says, this is one of the three men living together in California, met Mr. Brady, the other roommate, when Cody was 14 years old in a mentoring program in Maryland. And at the time when this is written, when this is put in the report, Cody was 18 years old. So here we have Dr. Beck living with Sean and Cody. Cody. Beck met Brady in a chat room. They lived together in Maryland and now in California. And Cody met Brady when he was mentored by Brady at the age of 14. Now they all live together in California. And this is around 2006. Now, as if this couldn't become any more bizarre, fast forward to 2010. There's a man in the Nashville area named Elliot Lash. He's an EMT, an emergency medical technician. Lash commits suicide very public at his workplace. And he commits suicide after his estranged wife Finds child porn on his computer. It's actually a video of Lash spanking and sexually assaulting a child, a child around the age of five, male child. The wife sees this and has had suspicions for years. But finally says, I've got to report this. She calls police. Police come. They look at the video. They know right away that this constitutes child porn. They initiate prosecution of Lash. Lash commits suicide. Now, it turns out that Lash was friends with one of Beck's roommates, Sean. And Sean used to visit Lash in Nashville. These two met online in the spanking chat room. And there was a connection between Lash, the man who committed suicide, and Sean, both when Sean lived in Maryland and in California, and during the time when he lived with Dr. Jeffrey Beck. You can't make this up. But this is why we do these investigations. This is why we create the awareness and the dialogue we do. Now you could argue, taken in a vacuum, because say we didn't do the investigation in Virginia. And say we didn't catch the predator, Dr. Jeffrey Beck. No one would have put this together, arguably. I mean, maybe he would have gotten busted. Maybe his activity would have ratcheted up. Maybe perverted justice would have caught him. Or he would have surfaced in another sting, unrelated to one of our investigations. It's possible. You'd hope so. I mean, here's a guy who studied pediatric medicine, who specialized in it, worked in an emergency room setting, had intimate access to children and adults. And in his spare time, he's hanging out in spanking chat rooms, chatting with 14-year-old boys. We would know, arguably, none of this had we not conducted the investigation. And at least now we know. Where Where is Dr. Jeffrey Beck today? Well, we started digging around. And it's unclear, to be honest with you. We can't determine whether he's back practicing medicine or not. But we did find him on one of those apps where doctors are listed. And yesterday, the day before this recording, I reached out to the number associated with that Dr. Jeffrey Beck. Called it. Based upon his appearance as a physician on this particular app. And I recorded the conversation. I'm going to play it for you now. Hello? Yes, is Dr. Beck there, please? Speaking. Dr. Beck, my name is Chris Hansen. How are you today? I'm fine. Good. I'm doing a story looking back at some of the cases I've explored over the history of the predator investigations. And first, I wanted to confirm that you're the same. Apparently, Dr. Beck was not so fine after I called him. I did call him back and left a voicemail explaining in further detail what I do with the podcast and why I'd like to talk to him, find out what he's been up to, if he's sought treatment. I should tell you that during the Maryland investigation, the Board of physician investigation, it was revealed that he had not been necessarily honest about his past online sexual adventures. So I'm not so sure how honest he would be with me today. I did go back to that particular app, social media platform that lists doctors, and Dr. Beck's profile had been removed as a this recording boy I'd like to talk to Dr. Beck we'll see as you know I also like to talk to you and that's why I think it's very important that we share on this podcast the questions you have for me this question comes from Vivian hi Chris I hope you're well I wanted to tell you a story that gave me closure thanks to you. I was 13 when I was talking to this much older guy. I was wondering why he was so sketchy. He was always asking me to hang out and he had a Yahoo Messenger. Then one day I decided to delete it and never talk to him again. Fast forward, I was in my early 20s and was watching one of your episodes and the guy that I was talking to when I was 13 was there. It was Hot 95 Cobra Guy, and his name was Josiah Walker. The story actually got worse. I finally recognized his face and his car in the episode. Even though the episode said he works at Costco, he actually worked next door to my uncle's store at a Papa John's. Technically, this guy was there for a big portion of my life because I will go to my uncle's store after school and see him there. I wonder if he got my username because he randomly saw me on my computer when I was a kid, and I did recall him coming into my uncle's store. He would always give me free things from Papa John's, and my family would wonder why this guy would be so nice. And now, I know why. Your episode made me realize I dodged a huge bullet. I now recall the inappropriate messages he would say to me over Yahoo Messenger, but never understood them as a kid. I just brushed them off and was being nice. Additionally, I had another coincidence. I was in my mid to late 20s and met Davi Vanity in San Diego. Davi Vanity is a music star of sorts, whom I did a number of exposés on on my YouTube channel. have a seat with Chris Hansen. He's been accused of inappropriate sexual contact with underage girls. This is really ironic. The letter goes on to say, He invited me to his house in North Park, a community in San Diego. I was like, oh, cool, he's a friend now. I stopped talking to him because I always had a creepy vibe from him. Years later, you came out with how you've been talking to many victims of Duffy Vanities, and I'm so glad I dodged another bullet because I wouldn't want to introduce him to anyone. We're glad you dodged that bullet, too. Vivian goes on to say, thank you very much. I've been wanting to tell you for years, but didn't know how to thank you. You make a really huge difference. Well, thank you, Vivian. I guess this goes to the point of, well, why we do this? Why we do these investigations? It creates awareness and a dialogue. And here's a case with Vivian, who not only had a close call with a predator I've caught before I caught him, and another one, Davi Vanity, that I've reported on extensively. Thank you, Vivian. Appreciate it. As always, if you want to find me, you can do so on Instagram, official Chris Hansen, Twitter, at Chris Hansen, TikTok, have a seat with Chris Hansen. Very soon on True Blue, my new streaming crime network that premieres on Thanksgiving Day, you can follow the latest. At WatchTrueBlue.com. dot com. That's T R U B L U for that. And as always, you can find me right here at Chris at predator podcast dot com. I'll be watching and listening.